And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. How's it going, man? Good, good. I know it may be a shock as to why a toy podcast may have asked you to come on, but I'm no, stoked. not at all. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Uh, to start off, anything pandemic, you were my go-to like YouTuber. Uh, I uh, I'm from Fresno, and so I would drive up to see family and friends, and I would go into their house, and yours was just on loop. Awesome, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for thanks for sharing that. There we go. Just sorry, just trying to get my thing set up. No, that's really cool. So, would you would you start with like my older stuff at all, or the new stuff? <laughs> yeah, I, the first one I remember watching that got me real sucked in was it was this like cookie thing with teeth. Yeah, and it was just yep. incredible. And I had <laughs> started like um, just starting the process making toys and stuff mm -hmm. and so i saw it and i was like this is incredible like it, it just took me way too long to find you so i was stoked to, to see you on there cool did you ever try making anything yet i am not a sculptor i know that your whole thing is like That's yeah okay. you can sculpt yeah <laughs> totally I, fine yeah i i've tried so um i will do so because like this is the toys on tap podcast and so, um, like, what I do on the outside of this is I run a thing called Yucko Toys. So I make, like, bootleg figures and stuff. Oh, nice. So if I need to, like, make a figure look a certain way, I'll use um, epoxy sculpt mm -hmm. type stuff. And do, But that is the best I'll get. Like, oh, I'll make his <laughs> neck look different. But outside of that, it ain't happening. Right, right. So were you just, you're just afraid of doing a big one? Is that it? And yeah, you nailed it right there. <laughs> You got to get over that. You totally got to get over that. You know how many people come to me and say that they've never sculpted a thing in their life and they start one day and they can't, they just blow themselves away at how good their stuff comes out. That could totally be you. Uh, hey, you're like the perfect candidate for that. There we go. I could now come out of this being top notch, but I, I don't know. Because. I can tell you that like, it's maybe this, we'll probably get into this, but it's like my hands like as I'm doing whatever I'm doing, mm -hmm. it's like I can't control them. It's okay. You, yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it. You got to start somewhere. You know, some people are good right off the bat, and some people, you know, it takes a couple takes take a, takes a couple sculpts to get yeah. there. I was the I was the type of person where I was kind of like in between the two. Okay. So. So you have so 
Yeah. So we're going to dive into your past because I'm stoked to hear like how you got into all this and all that stuff. The sculpting part of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, welcome to Toys on Tap. This is a, a it's a, usually a podcast around toy makers, um, but I've started reaching out more into the sculpting community a lot. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we had Scott Hensey on the sculptor, like the original Ninja Turtles and, and nice. those types of yep. things. Um and then we've worked into getting some 3D sculpting in. And so now we're moving into like figure sculpting with you. And so uh, before we do anything, you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? All right. I'm Anthony from Ace of Clay on YouTube. And I'm a sculptor. I've been sculpting since I was 12 years old on and off. And then I started really taking it seriously and turning into, it into a business or in my YouTube channel um, in 2018. So... Right. Kind of rolling with it. We're rolling with the sculpting thing. I love it. So we're going to sideline all that stuff. We're going to walk it all the way back. Nice. Tell me. So because this is kind of we're going to start a little bit with toys and stuff growing up. And like if that kind of influenced your walk into art and then what your art life was like prior to any of this stuff going on right now. Cool. Sounds yeah. good, man. So uh, tell me like relationship to toys growing up as a kid and do you think that that kind of influenced what you're doing now uh, my relationship with toys when I was younger I definitely had a lot of toys I was definitely into action figures I loved comic book comic book characters like you know Spider-Man Batman all that cool 90s stuff back when I was little Stretch Armstrong yeah. him, you know all that good stuff um I was very, I've always been very creative. So I always liked um, like using toys in ways they weren't really meant to use them, if that makes sense. So it was kind of like, okay. like I, I liked the toy thing, but I had more fun like drawing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, or like using the toys in like different ways and like even like customizing them as I got older and, you know, modifying them, turning them into different characters or making them better versions of themselves that kind of thing. I never really sat there and like, you know, had He-Man, you know, shooting whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like the commercials used to be. I was always um, like way more like weird and creative with the stuff. Yeah. So you belong in this community, a toy customizer oh, yeah. from the beginning. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Funko Pop collector. Not going to lie about that either. Okay. So <laughs> as you like start to grow up, at what point do you realize like, art is something I, I need in my life or I need to have that or I want to I've just it's it's always been a part of me like ever since I can remember I was always whether I was making crafts with with my mom at the kitchen table or I was you know coloring coloring books I drew my first face when I was like 16 months old I think my mom says wow. so it's like it's always been a part of me and I've always like known how to do it, if yeah. that makes sense, you know, and I always liked coming up with my own stuff, not really um, like, for example, with the coloring book thing, like I liked coloring things, but I would rather draw my own pictures and color those than, you know, use someone's existing design. Yeah. You know I mean? So that's how I've just, you know, started. And then it just kind of evolved into what it is now. In like true artist fashion, like carving your own path through all of this. <laughs> I guess which so. Is, yeah, which is dope. <laughs> so, and as you continue through this, do you pick up clay or some type of anything early on? Or is that still much later? 
Um, the clay started, I mean, I always like Play-Doh and stuff like that. Kind of played with that when I was really young, around like five or six, but nothing crazy until I hit like 12 years old. That's when I started the action figure customizing the, that's when I was introduced into to Sculpey and polymer clay in general. So that's, that's kind of when that started. Yeah. And when you, which is, I don't know how old you are. So we're talking 31. Uh, Okay. Oh, okay. So like early 2000s, you're picking up clay for the first time. Yep. Great. Yeah. Um, it is, I think it's so like when you walk down the clay aisle and you see like there's air dry and regular that you got to bake and all these mm-hmm. things like that is so intimidating to mm-hmm. see for the first time. Oh, it can be. Yeah. If, so as a kid, are you just like, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'll just pick one. Well, what happened was, I found out about Sculpey and Polymer Clay from art class in seventh yeah. grade. And all she had was this big, you know, five pound thing of super Sculpey or just Sculpey original. So yeah, like yeah. the bottom of the totem pole, Polymer Clay. And for a while there, that was the only clay that I thought existed. Polymer Clay. Like I didn't really <laughs> okay. think about using any other types. Yeah. So I just kind of went with that. Even up until like the, the very beginning of Ace of Clay, like I was still using Sculpey original until I transitioned to, you know, the super sculpey firm, medium, all that. Yeah. So that's, that's really where that started. Thank God for that teacher. I know. Right. (laughs) So, and you, let's talk Ace of Clay. Where's that name coming from? What, what is it that you are doing with Ace of Clay? Well, the, the name's kind of funny because originally I was an artist in a mall art gallery mm-hmm. where it was just run by artists. They sold their stuff. We, we ran the store, that kind of thing. I did that for about 10 months, leased a space in there, and I needed a name for taxes. Mm-hmm. And I originally, I originally wanted Clay Boss. Okay. But yeah, but then that was taken trademarked by another company. And so I went with the other TLC cake show and did, you know, Ace of Cakes, Ace of Clay. Cake okay. boss, clay boss, you know, so I kind of, I got that from. And then my nickname kind of with my mom has always been Ace when I was little and stuff. So I guess it fits. Yeah. Ace of clay. I would have never guessed that you stole that from a TLC show. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, Ace what? of Cakes. That's where I got it from. <laughs> People always say Ace of Base. Yeah. But not Ace it. of Cakes. <laughs> yeah. Geez, I'm in for it. That, I mean, some of the best names I know of have been like, taken from that or come up in weird ways you're like oh, i guess i'll settle for this one yeah yeah so you we're gonna i want to the pri- like primary part of this podcast i just want to talk about you and your sculpting professional life because holy moly right so you like i have no other way to describe it so you create these characters or whatever's going on in your head and then there's parts where you draw it out and you're like sketching and then you go from there Walk me through that process. What to think of that cookie and teeth and stuff seems like you got to have something going on in your head. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, walk me through that like process of starting from nothing to getting to where you have. Most of the time, it starts with just thinking of an idea and just jumping right into the sculpting process. Sometimes I'll do a very like very rough, barely even their sketch of a character if I need to. I have a couple over there I can show you from um, my mutant universe, I call it, which is just a bunch of different characters. But um, yeah, it's just sometimes I'll sketch something out if I really don't know what direction something's going or if I have a really clear idea of what I want, I'll sketch Mm -hmm. it out. But for the most part, I think of it in my head and I grab that armature wire. 
and then get started. Yet, are there moments where you just skip the sketch altogether and you just start <laughs> sculpting random things and see what happens? Yep. Yep. That's exactly, that's actually what I did in my last YouTube video where I sculpted the creeper from Minecraft. Mm. He just, he just came out of my hands. I didn't draw him at all before or anything. Yeah. And then you, as you're sculpting these things, you, you say something like early on, like, oh, it could be you. Like you could, you could do this. You could, are there like, you make it so do when I think of you, I reminded of like Bob Ross. And so it's like the Bob Ross of clay. Um, and it, what's dope is you're like walking through the process. Is there, when you make mistakes, do you cut the video and you're like, I got to redo this whole thing real quick. Or do you just kind of glide along with it? When it just depends how badly the mistake pissed me off. <laughs> Cause if it was like a really, if it was a really like, Oh, I'm so pissed at myself for doing that mistake. I'll cut it out. But for the most part, I like to be really transparent. Like if something doesn't go right, I'm not going to cut that out because it's a learning experience for people that are watching and, you know, a learning experience for me. But I mean, I'll only cut out mistakes that are like really small and all it's going to be is just, you know, an, an extra five seconds that doesn't have to be there. Yeah. There was a video I did watch where you, I don't know what you were sculpting, but you had made a passing comment. Like I've done this, like, 30, 40 times and I can't freaking do it right or something like that. And I was like, well, I would have given up after two. So 34, awesome. you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very stubborn when it comes to that. Like I won't stop until I get what I want. Yeah. So <laughs> that means in like editing and stuff, your videos can sometimes be like crazy long. Cause you just sit there and go for it or do you pause and with editing? I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've pretty much got it down to like a science. Okay. Now, you know, I'm pretty quick with it. I know what parts I want to keep, what parts I don't. Even while I'm sculpting, I, I'm thinking of how I'm going to edit certain parts. Yeah. But, I mean, my, my videos are pretty cut and dry. There's nothing crazy going on. So, it's just cutting out the boring stuff, cutting out the super repetitive things that people have seen a million times, and just going for the, the juicy parts. Yeah. Heck, yeah. I that's, It's made podcasting super easy because I do the same thing where it's like, hey, yeah. let's just start to skip and get through this. Mm -hmm. uh as you're sculpting and you're like getting these monsters out are there so there are themes right i do want to talk about your that like mutant world you're developing where each one of these things have a backstory but are these usually just one-off ideas because i've seen you also sculpt um the siren head mm -hmm. so you've sculpted things that you've seen around like how do you choose where that's coming from well, when I sculpt fan art things, it's usually what's trendy at the time, you know, what's really hot, what the gamers are playing. But um, yeah, that's really that's really how I choose that stuff. And then I gotta I gotta wanna sculpt it too. You know, if I don't feel like sculpting something, I'm not gonna do it. I don't care how popular it is. Like I don't like I could have easily sculpted Baby Yoda right mm -hmm. when he came out, but I didn't want to, so I didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's that's the best example I can give of that. Yeah. Is there okay? So, is there things that keep you from wanting to sculpt things like that? Um, I mean, it really just depends on my mood yeah. that week. What I make, you know, am I in the mood to do something creepy? Am I in the mood to do something more complicated? Am I, you know, do I want to do something cute? Yeah, which really never happens. But, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it really just depends on my mood. Yeah, I uh, 
I think what's crazy in like this in the toy scene is people when they're making um, if something happens like the Chris Rock getting slapped by Will Smith. Right. So there's a toy that comes out within 12 hours. Oh, wow. And they're just like people are just it's like six artists doing that or like the fly that was on mm-hmm. Pence's head. There's like six or 12 artists that do that. And so it makes sense that it makes sense to do it, to stay with things. But I fully appreciate when an artist is like, no, nah, I just didn't want to be a part of that at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to bring in new people. Yeah. Because at this day and age on YouTube, if you're not making stuff that's trendy and relevant, it's really hard to get discovered. So yeah. if people are already searching for, you know, for example, Godzilla, they're, your video sculpting Godzilla might pop up. Yeah. You know, so that's it, it's an unfortunate side of being a YouTuber or YouTube sculptor is, you know, with that, with your content, you do have to make things that are going to bring people in and keep your audience happy at the same time. Does that give you a little um, piece of anxiety thinking about like when you started sculpting your own universe, like those figures uh, versus sculpting something that's already out there? Do you get little anxiety of whether or not it's going to be successful or not? I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, the The beginning of the Mutant Universe was like a breath of fresh air because I was sculpting my own ideas, my own concepts, and people were really latching onto it and enjoying it. People really latched onto it. I had nobody to answer to. I had no trends to follow. It was just what I wanted to make, and that was really refreshing. And you know, and but with everything, you know, all good things come to an end, and it's time to move on to the next next thing that people want to see for me. Yeah, which is, so this is something that I have always wanted to ask an artist, and you might be the one to ask. How do you know when something's hit its end? We interrupt this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, the galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait. Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DLP2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! My gauge of that is when your views start dropping off. Okay. When less people are watching. Um your analytics start trending downwards and you know, they're just, there's just overall less interest in it. Yeah. I envision him, whoever it is on the other side of the wall, waiting for you to talk and then just standing (laughs) on it. (laughs) Um, So, but if you were to take, (laughs) if you were to take the analytics away, take away all that stuff, is there something in you that finally is like, no, I think this has run its course. I think it, yeah, you're, you, that's true too. There's, there's always like that gut feeling, you know, yeah. that I get with something, even with, if, even if it's not the human universe or something like that, it's the different series that I do. You know, if you see other, um, other YouTubers moving on from certain trends and stuff like that, you think, Hey, you know, maybe it feels right for me too, too, mm-hmm. you know? So it's always about um, just evolving and, trying to figure out the next thing that your audience wants. Yeah. And knowing when to stop, because when you drag something out for too long, that's just annoying. And I know I'm guilty of doing that. Yeah. hundred percent. 
But I mean, you know, you'll drive people crazy after a while if you keep doing the same thing over and over. Which, so you're describing something that um, exists. There's like the potential for us to continue to do the same things always as artists. Mm-hmm. Like if you're good at it, geez, just do that. Like that seems like the thing. Mm-hmm. What is there something, are you like at tension? Cause you find things I'm assuming that you're really good at when you come across sculpting. Mm-hmm. And so do you find tension in yourself to keep going with that or stopping? Um, it just, it really depends. Um, I mean, you just have to know when the timing is right. Yeah. You know, because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. And I do that all the time. And it's like, if you're not, if you're going to just stick with what's comfortable, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Especially on YouTube. You know, that's, there's so many YouTube channels out there that I have seen completely die because they refuse to change because they're stuck in 2014. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying I'm perfect and I know the secret to getting out of it, but or anything, but I mean, you know, that's there's your proof right there. You yeah. know, you can't keep doing the same thing. When you started, when you picked it up and started doing YouTube and you were what was the point in your sculpting that you were like, oh, maybe this can go out to everyone? It was when I had an Etsy shop. I left the, I left the mall store and I opened an Etsy. Etsy was really taking off doing well. Um, I sold like light switch plates, functional art, and even, even tried doing jewelry and all that. And then I was trying to be one of those Instagram pages that whenever I did a shop update, the whole thing would sell out. You Mm -hmm. know, that was like my goal. And every time I post a shop update, no one would buy it, you know? So, but at the same time I was posting process videos and those process videos on Instagram, when Instagram was actually good, were mm. blowing up. You know, I was getting at least 200,000 views per video. You know, I could upload anything and it would blow up. So I started thinking like, hmm, maybe I should, you know, run with this process video idea instead of trying to sell things to people. And that's kind of where the YouTube channel came from. I'm just yeah. one big process video now. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is good because, so I think that's where imposter syndrome comes in the most sometimes. Mm-hmm. like the in that process i sometimes i don't want to show anyone my process mm-hmm. because the end result usually looks nothing like the beginning mm-hmm. and that's intimidating so it's it's refreshing to see people that live in the process mm-hmm. and are willing to show all that because that does i've seen that happen that does eat views like people love that part mm-hmm. and i don't know yeah. why there's and I'm, like I, no one can explain it to me like are we just all searching for someone else struggling through a process or like, I don't know. I just think it's just fascinating to see somebody get from point A to point B. Yeah. The people, you know, it's so much more interesting. Like, yeah, I can stand there and I can appreciate a beautiful sculpture or painting, but watching it actually come to life is a whole different level of interest and fascination, you know? So you walked away from the shop that you were doing, the Etsy stuff. And you started like focusing more on process stuff. Does that mean that, because here's the question, all those figures that you sculpt, do you just have a room where they're like everywhere? They're in my closet, right? And then I've got a ton of them in my basement. I've got a cabinet in my living room. So yeah, they're all over the place. (laughs) And so do you, like, do you often get offers then where people are like, oh, what does it take to get that figure from you? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do. I get people asking a lot. And I'm starting to give in. And okay. I'm starting to actually like list them on a website because I'm looking at them and I'm like, I have nowhere to put these things anymore. You know, I'm going to get, yeah. you know, taken over by sculptures. I need to start, you know, partnering with some of them and giving them away to people that will, you know, appreciate them just as much as I do. Yeah. I mean, it becomes a bidding war at some point, correct? Because there's only mm-hmm. one of each one of them. Yeah. That's, that's how you sell out right there. You only make one. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to let go though, too, you know? Because yeah. like when I had the Etsy shop, I was also doing custom orders. Yeah. And all my Etsy stuff was made to order. Mm-hmm. So everything that I sculpted, I sold. I never held on to anything. So now it's kind of like a hoarding situation where it's like now I can keep my stuff. So I'm just keeping all of it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, in your journey from beginning with the process stuff on YouTube and all that, um, I kind of want to talk to you about like what was that struggle like right because no one rarely are we always on the mountain or the climb Mm -hmm. like what was that beginning part like for you and what kept you going I mean I was actually pretty fortunate with how my YouTube channel started going like started moving along Um, my first video I posted in December 2018 is that's when I count my the start of my YouTube channel I had a channel since 2015 but didn't do anything with it but yeah, December 2018, I uploaded a video sculpting Spyro from okay. the Reignited trilogy. And that video just kind of flopped. It's still fl- a flop, but it was my first real YouTube video. And I proved to myself that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like I can make a sculpture, I can film the whole process, I can edit it, and I can post it, and I can get some views on it. You know, then a couple of videos after that, um, I posted my first thrift store transformation where I turned this like duck ugly duck figurine into an anglerfish, like a crazy looking anglerfish. Yeah. And that actually took off. I remember a week from the day I uploaded, it was sitting on like 20,000 views and that's pretty good for a brand new channel. Yeah. And it was just, you know, from there, like right this minute, picked it up. There was like a bunch of articles written about it and all that. And then I kept doing thrift store transformations and that was really hooking people in. And that's really what I can, you know, attribute the majority of my early growth too. And would you say, uh, here's a good question. Um, like the more I think about this stuff constantly, would you say that consistency is most important or how well the sculpt or how well the, the art actually is? Honestly, um, consistency is important, but if you're not uploading a good sculpture, they're not going to watch it. Even if you're uploading consistently. Yeah. I can confidently say that, sculpture quality and presentation is the most important thing with content yeah on youtube i Mm -hmm. for sure like you talked about how instagram sucked it for sure Mm -hmm. does suck now Um, and i don't know like i can't pinpoint why it sucks but there was a point in which i started posting i was like oh everything's starting to like shake out a little bit Mm -hmm. um and i have a thing in me that like i wanted to post regularly and be consistent and do all those things. But it seems like I, so a friend of mine was like, I don't think Van Gogh posted his things like every day. Uh And so it was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But social media just like requires that of people. And so Mm -hmm. there's like, how do you beat that? You really, I really don't think there's a way to beat it. I think you just have to feed it. Yeah, honestly, unless you're making 
ridiculous, insanely amazing record-breaking sculptures like once every couple months that's going to get everyone's attention. I really think you just have to feed the beast what it wants. And that's at least, that's my, my approach to it. Yeah. I'm I'm all about feeding the beast. I'm sucked into social media constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) Uh, So as you have sculpted and all these things, you moved um, and you, you've had these ideas come and you've drawn in from other people's ideas and you've like sculpted the crap out of so much stuff. Like it just looks incredible. Um, When you got to your mutant series, this one's different. It feels different. It looks different. What what pushed you over into that? It was honestly a poll that I made. I, I ran a poll in my YouTube community tab and it, it asked people, what do you want me to make this week? Do you want me to do fan art or do you want me to come up with my own character? And everybody, an overwhelming majority said my own character. And then I took the concept of the video game Little Nightmares, mm-hmm. like a, the art direction in it and kind of, you know, what it was all about. And I just made my own character for little nightmares as if I was on the design team or something. And at first it flopped. The ice cream man was the first one, the first character I did. And it flopped so bad. I was changing the thumbnail to like bright red. I was like, come on watch this video, please. I really like it. And then the next week it just took off. And then the week after that, I actually went to Florida for a little bit. And my, the photographer, which was the second one I made, he auto posted when I was eating tacos with my friends and I came out and after like an hour, he was at like 13,000 views. And I was like, Holy crap, this is working. It's let's keep going with this. And then that's really how it was born. And then it was less about making my own little nightmares characters and more about me designing Anthony's characters. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Sorry, man. How embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) This is not even the worst that I've ever had. You're good. So we're going to pick it up right where we left off, right? Where we, right. we were talking about your mutant universe. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the building of that whole universe and, and what it looks like diving into that, sculpting from the ground up, coming up with those ideas. And then more than anything, coming up with a backstory, which is mm-hmm. nuts. So do you want to go into like all the ins and outs of what that looks like to create worlds for each thing? Yeah, I mean, um, it's first of all, it's an absolute blast. I live for that kind of thing. Um, I've always been into it. Even when I was little, I was coming up with stuff left and right. But the Mutant Universe just sort of manifested from this series that I started on YouTube, of course, where I created my own character from the video game Little Nightmares. So I took their art direction. I took their sort of storytelling style and i came up with my first character which was the ice cream man and i just kind of i used them a little bit as like a model but then as time progressed and as every character kept getting released it became less about little nightmares and more about what i wanted to create It, it was more ace of clay ace of clay's creatures not so much you know playing uh piggybacking on little nightmares anymore so it just kind of turned into its own thing I remember the ice cream man video totally flopped the first day. And um, I like, I was on there, you know, every couple hours changing the thumbnail, trying to get people to click on it. And then he didn't start really taking off until the next week. And then the week after that, I released the photographer and he really blew up right off the bat. So I kind of struck a nerve with people and in a good way. 
and um, it just the rest is history. But all of that just kind of started with this little nightmare series, and the storytelling part that is probably the most fun part for me, I guess you could say. Like sometimes I'll have a little bit of the story written before I make the character. Sometimes I'll save the entire story for after the character is made. But I always have like a concept in mind that I just kind of branch off that concept to create the character. That's good a detail about all of that. And it it makes me think, so when you look over your entirety of sculpting and making these figures, how would you describe Okay, here. Okay, it's a two-parter. This one's tough because people ask me this sometimes and I have no idea how to answer it. Um, what is your style, one? And then how would you describe your aesthetic of all of the pieces? Like, do you have a specific style that you go for? Gotcha, good question. Um, I think for me, I don't, I know I have a style because you can tell if, you know, if you're looking at a bunch of sculptures, you can tell which ones I made and which ones other people made. Mm-hmm. But I think my style just comes naturally. I don't try to adhere to a certain look or anything like that. I just kind of make whatever's inside my head and it just happens to be cohesive and work with all the other pieces that I've already made, yeah. if that makes sense. And like I said, I don't really aim to do that. It just sort of happens. That's so what's rad. Um, it, your pieces from, they remind me of, um, like movies like Coraline or Nightmare Before Christmas. They have this darkness, but also this Mm -hmm. like subtlety of approachability to them. It's a weird mix. Mm -hmm. In Corpse Bride, there is this part where like all these dead people come back to life and it's creepy as hell, but there's like this subtle beauty to it. Right. And so that's when I see like the ice cream man looks so scary, but also like, oh, I would still go to that ice cream man. <laughs> mm, right. <sighs> yeah. So I, um, what's cool about things that I've seen with you and even how we talked about um, working with Clay and when you watch your videos, there's something about you that is so inviting to people on the outside to the clay there's like it's a tough thing to describe but you have a way of inviting people that may not have like like me like any skill on that just yet but you're like hey keep going keep pushing why are you that way like what is it about getting people into working with clay Gotcha. Well, thank you for that. That's actually one of my biggest goals is to bring people in. And I think it's just my love for teaching. I've always wanted to be an art teacher. I just never professionally pursued it. And I think that now I've got, you know, a pretty big classroom and I'm just sort of embracing that. And I love, I love the idea of enriching people's lives with this hobby that Mm -hmm. they may not have thought to even think about or begin, you know, in the first place. And I just, I love the idea of that. And I mean, I get emails from people all the time saying that like, you know, a loved one passed away and my videos, you know, cheered them up or like I pulled them out of a depression or their kid has, um, you know, severe autism, but I'm, my videos are the only things that can calm them down. Like these are all actual like followers that email me saying this stuff and it's like that is the most rewarding thing in the world and that's literally why I do what I do yeah it's it's my livelihood but at the same time like 
I want to like change the world one spoon tool at a time, one snake of clay at a time. Yeah. Which that needs to be a tagline for sure. (laughs) One snake of clay at a time, Um, which you'll get if you watch your videos, you understand what snake of clay is. Like I I watched it. So I get it. Um, When you uh, are looking over ace of clay as a whole, like as a, uh, your livelihood, your business, your art form, everything about you. Where are you headed? Where are you hoping to head? You know, I I have some ideas, but mm-hmm. I don't know if they're gonna gonna you know come to fruition or not. Like to um, do some in person sort of meet up things, many you know lessons and classes. Now that you know, pandemic's kind of coming to an end. Um, I'd love to do some of that. I'd love to release a sculpting tool mm-hmm. line like paintbrushes, sculpting tools, stuff like that, get into like real products and materials used for sculpting. I, sculpting I'd like to collaborate with a couple brands and just kind of just keep going along that way, you know, keep doing the YouTube thing and then just adding all this other stuff, you know, as I go. Have you thought of doing things or maybe you already have like going to like designer con and holding a booth mm-hmm. or comic con or something? Yeah, I definitely want to look into that moving forward to i know i I definitely want to do like monster palooza or um like i just i got back from astronomicon here in michigan last weekend that was pretty sweet um you know i'd love to put booths up there well because it's a toy podcast i have to ask this have you thought about turning these into toys that can be played with and that move and all that stuff 100 percent. yes i have (laughs) that has been one of my goals since starting is creating or like mass producing one of my sculptures as like a resin vinyl figure or toy. And it's definitely something that I want to pursue more um, aggressively in the future, the near future. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause that fits like, that's the joining thing always, right? Like there's people that we have that are sculptors that are in this indie toy scene and it's really cool to see. And they, and they sculpt all kinds of crazy things. But I, and so usually you see them like toys and then going to sculpting, but it's great to meet someone that's sculpting first and coming back a little bit. Yeah. That's dope. Um, When you um, are moving forward with all of these projects um, and you are looking back over where you are and where you've come from, what are some things that come to mind for you? that I can't believe that I'm at this point (laughs) (laughs) that I've even made it this far, honestly, because when I started, I was, I was at a completely different point in my life. I never thought in a million years that this would actually like work out and turn into something. I really, I can't believe it. I think back to that time where I basically just risked everything to start this YouTube channel and I was just completely helpless. Like there were times where like I cried about it. I just thought about it, gave me a stomach ache, kept me up at night, drove me absolutely crazy, but um, it ended up working out in the end. That's, see right there, that is so rad. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, so for the second part of this, we, it was, we were pretty far into the interview. So for the second part of this, it's a little shorter, but the last part of the podcast is really just about you as the artist, plugging everything that you are, in everything any podcast that you've done or if you have one all of that stuff mm-hmm. so it's like just plug away so we can find <laughs> you get to you all those things awesome well 
Um, I, I mean, I'll keep it pretty simple. I'm on all your favorite social media platforms, Eddie's of Clay. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I do uh, Facebook Lives with Sculpey every once in a while. I've been going live on TikTok a lot more often. I have a Twitch account that I'm going to be start that I'm going to start using um, more frequently. I want to get into streaming and you know taking my like internet presence, I guess you could say, to the next level. <laughs> Um, I, I want to, uh, what you call, I want to definitely pursue streaming more. I want to do live sculpting. I want to do more interactive type things where I'm like asking the audience what to make that kind of thing on Twitch. And then, um, you know, I offer online, uh, sculpting lessons and like one-on-one -on -one meetings through my website, aceofclay.com. If anyone wants to check those out, I also sell stickers, uh, posters, and I will be updating those, you know, as the months go by and then um that's about it that's that's where i'm at i love that i love that thank <laughs> you so much asa clay for making time to be on the toys on top podcast dude thank you so much for having me this was awesome one of the best podcasts i've been on Toys on Tap. Next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.